Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So pleased to see you've returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we've got a wondrous item indeed. I've taken the liberty of laying out a cloth here on the glass top display case and placed this item here for your inspection. If you take a look at it, it may look like a bone. Maybe a dinosaur from history's past, but if you look closer upon this and inspect it quite vigorously, you might find that this is no fossil of a dinosaur bone. This is a dinosaur bone that is much more recent. Maybe a bone that has been procured from its ill-fated frame within the past week. It seems like a bit of a mystery, but a mystery that can be solved as we take a look at the latest installment in the Jurassic World series. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at Jurassic World Dominion. So Jurassic World is a movie that came out on June 10th uh, of this month, just uh, a little over a week ago. I, it happened to come out the day before my wife and I were leaving on vacation. So uh, while we were on vacation, I really, you know, we were... We were doing all sorts of things. If you saw or listened to my last two episodes of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, we were in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes region taking in some of the sites and some of the recreation uh, of that area. Wonderful, beautiful place. I got to visit the resting place of Rod Serling. Uh, I got to delve into and look into some of the oddities and some of the bizarre uh, traditions and lore of the area. And I also got to have some fun. I got to get out on the lake. Can a day Enjoy some time on a pontoon boat, got sunburnt, I got tattooed, uh, all the stuff that you would expect from a vacation. But the one thing I wasn't able to do is watch uh, Jurassic World. So we got back in town this past Saturday afternoon. So I rushed to the movie theater to watch Jurassic World Dominion so I could talk about it. Uh, well, it's still pretty fresh. And I have to say, the Jurassic World series has gotten a lot of flack it's been much maligned uh especially this new movie jurassic world dominion but you know what? i wasn't gonna let that stop me i'm like you know what critics are critics they're gonna criticize because they think that's cool it makes them seem edgy and uh all full of hot takes and and it, you know there's a lot of critics out there and reviewers that think by bashing a movie like jurassic world dominion it gives them street cred in the critiquing world or in the movie review world because jurassic world is not the jurassic park series and it's not intended to be. Well, the Jurassic Park series, especially the original Jurassic Park, was more of a... It's full of suspense. I wouldn't call it a suspense film or a thriller or, or even a horror, but it had all those elements of it in this uh, science fiction piece. Whereas the Jurassic World series, they're action movies. And I think because of that, the hoi polloi and the hoity-toity of the uh, review and critical world... They want the movie to be something that it's not. They hold it to a standard that it's not meant to be held to. 
So, uh, you know, a lot of people were bad-mouthing this movie before it would even hit the theaters. You know, some of the people that got to see the early releases. But I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to give it a fair shake, and uh, we'll we'll see what I think about it. And that's, that is, that's all this is. You know, this isn't a, I'm going to tell you what to think about this movie and tell you to watch it or not to watch it. I'll tell you my thoughts on it. And if you want to watch it, great. Uh, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. So we're going to talk about this movie. We're going to talk about the characters. We're going to talk about where this story goes. Uh, there are some things I'm going to go into detail about. There are some things I'm not going to go into too much detail about because I do want to leave a, a little bit of mystery for and a little bit of surprise for those who haven't seen the movie. But I do have to say there are going to be spoilers. So if you don't mind spoilers, keep listening. If you do mind spoilers, you might want to go watch the movie and then come back and check out my thoughts on it. And maybe we'll, maybe our thoughts will jive. Maybe they won't. Now this movie kicks off about four years after Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Of course, they had the volcanic eruption on Ilsa Nublar. Uh, the events at the Lockwood estate where all the dinosaurs got out and uh, these now uh, once extinct dinosaurs are now roaming the earth freely and they've kind of spread out over over the earth and they do at the, at the beginning they do something interesting i just don't think it was well done they do kind of like a documentary style getting you up to speed which i don't mind that uh they did a, a good job at that uh they have somebody explaining how creatures are all over the earth. They show incidents where humanity and these once extinct dinosaurs are clashing. Uh, they're not coexisting. The only problem I had with it is that the girl that they had do the voiceover uh, sounded like a voiceover artist. It didn't sound like somebody, like some film student putting together a documentary about this. It just, it, her voice sounded too, too polished to, like I said, sound like a voiceover artist. I would like to have something, somebody more real. Most film students are film students because they want to make films, not be in films. So they don't generally sound as polished as this, uh, this actress that they had doing this, this voiceover. It wasn't enough to take me out of this. So it's, it's not that big a deal. It just as somebody who, who's worked in radio and worked in voice work, I deal a lot with writing and, and producing commercials with people that sound like they're voicing a commercial versus people who sound natural and sound natural in conversation. So that kind of stuck out to me. Probably won't matter to, to most people, but, uh, but I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to voice work. But this movie, essentially, once it gets into the movie proper, uh, we have two storylines going on here. Maybe three. There, there's kind of a third storyline. But you have the Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard storyline. Owen and Claire. They're living in a cabin in the Sierra Nevada mountains. They're kind of helping out a dinosaur protection group. They're wrangling dinosaurs, uh, getting them sent off to uh, refuges and, and, and things like that. They're also taking care of Maisie Lockwood, played by Isabella Sermon. Of course, she is the clone of Benjamin Lockwood's daughter, but he kind of raised her as his granddaughter. Of course, this was all kind of set up in the Fallen Kingdom movie, but they rescued her uh, from the Lockwood estate, much like uh, all the animals got out, all the uh, dinosaurs got out. But they're kind of keeping her under wraps because they know people are going to be looking 
for her because of who and what she is. And, you know, in this area where uh, Owen and Claire are living, uh, Blue the Velociraptor is running around and Blue has asexually produced offspring. And it's kind of set up later. It's much like the, the offspring from the original Jurassic Park movie, how they weren't supposed to be able to reproduce. But as we were told, nature finds a way. They used monitor lizard DNA to create blue and monitor lizards can reproduce asexually. So blue did and blue has a uh, baby blue. Uh, and they, of course, amazing names, this uh, baby velociraptor or beta, which a mysterious group is trying to kidnap both Maisie and Beta, which they do, which sets the action in motion with Owen and Claire trying to go after Maisie and to find Beta as well because Blue is not happy. <laughs> and, and and you see this, there's this kind of strained relationship between Owen and Blue. It's it's kind of ridiculous, a relationship between a human and a, and a dinosaur. But, you know, given the events of the first two movies, it, it makes sense in the context of this. But Blue the Velociraptor is very much kind of wary of Owen, and they don't have a great relationship. And when Blue's offspring is taken away, that puts an even bigger strain. And, and Owen uh, promises Blue that he's going to find uh, Blue's baby. To which Jeff Goldblum has a fantastic line uh, later in the movie. Where, and, and they show it in the trailer, so it's not a big spoiler. But he's like, uh, you made a promise to a dinosaur? Uh, it's just, it's those little one-liners, those little bits of dialogue that Jeff Goldblum gets, and he just does so well. And that's that's really what his character was here for, is just those funny little bits of dialogue, uh, those little bits of sarcasm and stuff that just made some of the, some of the scenes he was in quite, quite funny and quite interesting. Now, you also get another storyline where we bring back some of the old characters from the first three Jurassic Park films. Of course, uh, Ellie Sattler is a paleontologist, and there are these giant locusts that are decimating crops throughout the country. And the only crops they aren't touching are these crops that the seed was purchased from uh, Biosyn Genetics. And there's speculation that Biosyn is creating these uh, giant locusts. I mean, these things are well over a foot long and they're, they're very... They're very prehistoric in look and nature, and there's a suspicion that Biosyn is creating these locusts to destroy all these crops, create this crisis, essentially, so people will have to buy their stuff. You know, Biosyn is really kind of the representation of greed and corporate America and the idea that, you know, you've got these uh, one percenters that are, are controlling and manipulating things uh, to the detriment of society. So, so Bison is, is really a stand-in for that. And kind of a callback, but not bringing back an old character. Well, sort of the old character, not the old actor. But the CEO of Biosyn is Dr. Lewis Dodgson. Of course, Dodgson is the guy that was sitting at the table. Uh, you know, he had the hat of sunglasses. And Wayne Knight as... Nedry uh, does the whole thing. Dodgson, Dodgson, we got Dodgson here. Uh, he plays that character. Although in Jurassic Park, the character was played by Cameron Thor. 
in the original 1993 Jurassic Park. Of course, in this is played by uh, Campbell Scott, who does a really good job of playing Dodgson as this kind of uh, eccentric CEO, uh, kind of a felt like a cross between Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and and some of those other you know big multi-billionaire uh, company uh, CEOs and owners. Again, another way to tie in the original trilogy and especially that first movie with this movie. You see the old uh, Barbasol uh, shaving cream can that uh, Nedry was supposed to hide the the embryos in. That makes uh, an appearance uh, at least on a couple of occasions. But in the second storyline, you have uh, Ellie. She hunts down Dr. Grant, played by Sam Neill. Of course, Laura Dern plays Ellie Sattler. Uh, they find each other and they are invited to this facility, this Biosyn facility, by none other than Dr. Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, who is the Biosyn, I guess they call him the house philosopher, but uh, I think they kind of set the Malcolm character up as a, a teaching tool for the employees of this facility who are researching dinosaurs trying to find you know the the cover is that they're trying to find cures to cancer or cures to all these sorts of ailments through this uh, dinosaur dna but there are a lot of other nefarious things that they're doing under the surface like i said with the with the locust and the putting out crop seed that these locusts will not touch and they'll decimate anything that's not used with bios and seed. They never really go into that in deep, but it's but it's there. It's it's put out there for you to kind of connect the dots. But we find out that Dr. Malcolm has called Ellie and by way of her, uh, Dr. Grant, to come to this uh, facility uh, because he knows there are nefarious things going on. At which time we get introduced to one of the two really new characters to this story. Uh, one is Mamadou Achi, who plays Ramsey Cole. He's the head of communications for Biosyn. And he is really the one that is spearheading uh, Jeff Goldblum, getting in touch with Dr. Sattler and Dr. Grant to come and get uh, proof that Biosyn is... Is, has genetically created these locusts that are decimating the world's crops. Definitely a good guy. And I love, I didn't realize he was in this. I didn't really get a chance to do a lot of research into the, the new cast members of this movie because I was getting ready for vacation. But I was really uh, pleasantly surprised to see Mamadou Achi because I... I've become a, a big fan of his. You know, he was in Black Box. I loved him in the ill-fated Netflix series Archive 81. I just thought he did a spectacular job, and I was so looking forward to a second season until Netflix, in their fickle ways, uh, decided to cancel Archive 81. But so glad to see him show up in this. And I really hope that we get to see more of him in a possible future of this series. We'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast, but but I really enjoyed Mamadou Achi because he comes in and he's showing Dr. Grant and Dr. Sattler around, and and you don't really know right off the bat if he's, is he one of the, the bad guys? He only works for Biosyn. He's probably one of the bad guys, but he never plays at nefarious and then you find out that he is the one that has blown the whistle and brought in dr grant and dr sattler to to find the proof 
to take it out there and you know put it out there for the press and for everyone to see what Biosyn is doing. So you know the Ramsey Cole character is a very upstanding character. He's a character of, of principle. He's a character of value. And Mamadou Achi just plays this kind of character very well and loved seeing him in this. He did a lot with not a ton of screen. I mean, he's he's one of the newer main characters, but when you've got so many of the big names from Jurassic Park's past uh, that he's playing against in this, it, it can be easy for an actor to become lost in the scene. And he does a great job of his character not getting lost in the grandeur of a Sam Neill or Laura Dern or Jeff Goldblum. Uh, he does a great job of of staying vibrant and present on the screen amidst some of these giants of this franchise and in, of film in general. Now, while that's all going on at Biosyn, you've got Chris Pratt's Owen Grady, Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, Claire, Claire Deering. Uh, they're chasing down, trying to find their, uh, for lack of a better term, adoptive daughter, Maisie and Beta, who have been kidnapped. And we find out they're getting shipped to Biosyn. And these scenes with these two are the scenes that really felt the most, uh, it really is where this film and this film franchise feels like an action film and not a suspense or a thriller or a science fiction thriller or even like horror, which you kind of delved into a little bit of that with the first uh, Jurassic Park movie. Uh, I think they really cater to Chris Pratt being an action hero, uh, you know, one of the modern day action heroes that we have. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I love Chris Pratt. I like Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm big fans of both of them. Would I have liked this series to be a little more like the original? Yeah, sure. Uh, anybody would. But you can't recreate the original. When you're trying to do that, then you're going to get lambasted for just copying the original. Ask the guys from Star Wars with Force Awakens. So I don't mind that they took this Jurassic World series into a different direction. A more of an action direction than a suspense and monster creature feature. And you got a lot of that with the, the scenes with these two characters. A lot of chase scenes. It felt, felt like very much like James Bond with dinosaurs. There's a lot of chase scenes in this movie. And it's with these two characters that we get introduced to another one of my... I, I really love this character. As much as I loved uh, Mamadou Achi as the Ramsey Cole character... I just absolutely fell in love with DeWanda Wise as Kayla Watts. She's a, a former Air Force pilot, and she's a, I don't know if you want to say a smuggler, so to speak. Very Han Solo vibe. I guess probably that's why I like her so much. But uh, she is the one who is, she's transporting Maisie and Beta to the Biosyn facility, and she realizes at some point that she's maybe made a mistake when she sees that she's not just transporting uh, dinosaurs, which, you know, there's no real personal connection there. When she realizes she's transported a human there and what they're probably going to do with her while she's there, I think she kind of has a change of heart and decides to help Owen and Claire get to the Biosyn facility. Now, it, it may come across as kind of a stretch. I, I think they explain it in a little bit of exposition why she makes this this turn from uh, smuggler to 
being a part of the team to rescue this young girl and this young dinosaur. It, it may seem like a bit of an about face, but it didn't take me out of the movie enough. The explanation was good enough. And like I said, I really like this character. I thought uh, DeWanda Wise did a fantastic job as this kind of roguish badass she's got some wise cracks she's like i said she's very han solo like in this uh, you know the, all the, a lot of the things that i like about han solo and makes him one of my favorite characters of all time are some of the reasons why i liked this kayla watts character and dewanda wise just played this character so well it's a character i want to see if they're going to do more jurassic movies which you know that's still on the table this is the third installment and the uh, final for this trilogy of movies but uh, it doesn't mean it's the end of the series in its entirety and I really hope if we get another movie or another trilogy of movies I really hope DeWanda Wise is a key part of that they could even really do some cool like maybe one-off movies or solo movie with her I think it would be really cool and really fun to watch or maybe some sort of prequel action movie with her and this this Kayla Watts character, I think would be would be fun. I would watch it. I, I don't know if that's something producers and the studios want to want to put their money behind, but like I said, for my money, I'd watch that movie. And I thought she had a lot of really good chemistry with Chris Pratt. Uh, the scenes that they had together, they had one really fun scene where they're they're making their way to the Biosyn facility and they're getting taken down by these pterosaurs there's only one ejection seat Bryce Dallas Howard gets ejected out of the plane and Chris Pratt and DeWanda Wise crash land the plane of course they survive of course they survive but they're off looking for Bryce Dallas Howard and there's this scene where DeWanda Wise's Kayla character realizes that Owen loves Claire and that they're in a relationship and she's like oh i get it i get why you why you like her so much she's a redhead uh she says i like redheads too and kind of gives chris pratt a look and it's just this is such a great scene she delivers these lines so nonchalant with uh a bit of not a wink to the audience but you get it. You you understand where she's going with this. Uh, there, there's not a love triangle by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, she wants her some Chris Pratt. And then, of course, the three of them finally meet up. And their group meets up with Dr. Sattler, Dr. Grant, and Dr. Malcolm. And these two storylines converge into the the third act. And as we race towards the crescendo of this story... Now, like I said, there's a bit of a third storyline. It's not a major storyline, but a char another character they brought back, uh, B.D. Wong as Dr. Henry Wu, which I, I was so glad that they brought him back into the series. Of course, he played one of the uh, scientists in the original Jurassic Park uh, in some of the scenes where they're explaining how they uh, splice the DNA with frog DNA and all that jazz. And then he kind of disappears from the series until Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom where they bring him back and he plays more of a, a villain in those two movies. But in this, you get a little bit of a redemption arc for him, which I'm glad because I, I love bd wong uh i loved him when he was in oz he's done a lot of acting and voice work in, in movies and 
a lot of guest appearances in television show. He was in Mr. Robot. Uh, he played uh, Professor Hugo Strange in the Gotham series. Uh, it was in American Horror Stories Apocalypse. Uh, just done a ton of stuff. He's even going to be in the new Gremlins uh, Secret of the Mogwai series on Netflix, animated series. So excited to hear him lending his vocal talents to that movie. But uh, it was nice to see B.D. Wong uh, kind of get this redemption arc. He realizes that the locusts that they've created uh, are going to destroy the world's food supply and the food supply of our food supply. And it's just going to be a catastrophic thing that that these uh, CEOs and all the the leaders of this biosyn uh, haven't taken into account. And he's trying to find a way to stop it. And he's wanting to use Maisie and Beta, Blue's offspring, some of the secrets to their DNA to be able to fix what's going on and create something that can cause all of these locusts to uh, die off within a gener generation very quickly and, you know, save the planet, essentially. And he still comes across a little bit of a bad guy because he's a part of Maisie and Beta being kidnapped and brought to this facility so he can he can test them and research them to, to try and get. But as his story goes on, uh, he spends a lot of time, he's, he's very weepy. His character is very weepy in this uh, because he has a lot of remorse for the things he's done and just wants to make things right. So, yeah, I, I like that they kind of give the Dr. Wu character uh, a little bit of a redemption arc. And I like that they gave B.D. Wong that opportunity to play that because he's been such a, a big part of this this franchise, even though he wasn't in the second and third Jurassic Park, he's been a part of the Jurassic world, and he was there from the beginning, like so many of these actors. And it's just nice to see that little payoff for him to be able to get to play that redemption. And of course, it all wraps up. It wouldn't be a Jurassic Park or Jurassic World movie if you didn't have a T-Rex battling some bigger and badder and better version of a T-Rex and coming out on top, even though he's the underdog, at least after the first movie, the T-Rex seemed to be the underdog. And in this movie, it was uh, Giganotosaurus. I'm probably butchering that name, but they they say this in the trailer. They say this multiple times in the movie, the biggest carnivore the world has ever seen, although he doesn't seem that much bigger than T-Rex. But they have a big showdown with the help of a, another dinosaur at the end. And all the humans are just trying to stay out of the way and escape. And, you know, it's it's typical Jurassic Park stuff. But the good guys get back to safety. Dr. Sattler and Dr. Grant finally do some smooching and decide that they have had enough of not being a the couple we've been teased with since the first one. Owen, Claire, and Maisie get to be a family again. They reunite Beta with Blue and... Uh, Blue and Owen make up. The Kayla Watts character gets her plane back. Ramsey Cole gets to be the whistleblower. Dr. Wu gets to kill off all the locusts and save humanity. And all is right with the world. And then they end it to kind of bookend the, the movie with the documentary style ending. And they have a... The, the ending is kind of nice. It, it's a warm, fuzzy, make you feel good kind of ending. How humanity is learning to live in harmony with these dinosaurs that are now a part of our daily life. And the world is living in harmony 
with these dinosaurs. You get shots of dinosaurs running with wild horses. You get the the big crocodile-looking dinosaur from uh, Jurassic World uh, swimming with blue whale. You get triceratops running with elephants. You see little kids uh, feeding tiny dinosaurs at the park. And, and I think it's really a nice commentary on how we should be as a society uh, in spite of our differences, in spite of being looking different, uh, being from different walks of life, how we should all live in harmony. And, and this movie, I don't know if this was maybe a rewrite ending. I know this movie, I mean, they filmed this like two years ago uh, before all the, all the riots and all the protests and all the uh, political nonsense that went on within the past two years. I don't know if they rewrote that ending to reflect on that and how we should be as a society getting along instead of being at each other's throats all the time. Or if, or if that was something, I mean, I, I don't think the past two years have been anything new, just escalated the same old stuff escalated. So, so maybe it was a, a moral to the story that they were trying to push two years ago when they first started filming this. But I think it's a good reminder and, and a nice little end to this trilogy of movies. And, you know, it makes a, a nice little social commentary. Now, I have to give my hats off to uh, Colin Trevorrow because this was a fun movie to watch. Like I said, a, a lot of people crap on this movie because it's not the original Jurassic Park. It's not supposed to be the original Jurassic Park. This Jurassic World trilogy of movies is their action movies. Uh, totally different from what they tried to do in the original Jurassic Park. You just have to come to grips with that and you have to come to terms with that or you're not going to enjoy these movies. And I like the fact that Colin Trevorrow has been a part of this series from the beginning. Of course, uh, the original Jurassic World in 2015, he wrote and directed that. Uh, the second one in 2018, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. He didn't direct that one, but he did write that one. And with this new one, Jurassic World Dominion, he's back in the director's chair directing and writing. So I think when you've got one guy with a, a singular vision writing these movies i think that's where the latest star wars trilogy went wrong they had too many cooks spoiling the soup you had different writers uh you had different directors i mean there was colin trevorrow was going to direct the last star wars trilogy until he got replaced when they put jj abrams back in to kind of write the ship because they realized that uh ryan johnson uh kind of cocked things up in the second one by disregarding everything that was set up in the first of this this sequel trilogy for Star Wars. So I, I would have I been interested to see what Colin Trevorrow did with the third Star Wars movie in this sequel trilogy, but, uh, but understand why they put J.J. Abrams back to helm that. And I'm glad because, you know, Colin Trevorrow, he's probably not crying over any spilt milk because he's got to, to do these Jurassic World films who i mean for all intents and purposes have been huge hits no matter what the critics and other reviewers might say and i thought he did a really good job with this one i mean this was action-packed non-stop it had a lot of good uh, well it didn't have uh tons of character arcs uh you don't necessarily get a lot of that in in action movies but the story arc in and of itself was a, a wild ride uh maybe you didn't get a lot of interesting 
perspective on the characters, like the Owen and Claire character. We didn't really learn any more about them. Uh, but this, I think, was more geared towards the the old characters. Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, and Laura Dern. You got a little more perspective on them. And you got uh, a couple interesting new characters. Like I said, DeWanda Wise playing the Kayla character and Mamadou Achi playing the Ramsey character. I thought those were two interesting characters that we got to learn a little bit about. And I'm really excited to see if maybe we'll see them return to the franchise if, if they decide to do another trilogy. But I really liked what they did. I mean, they introduced a lot of new dinosaurs. I, I saw a lot of people crapping on the movie because dinosaurs wouldn't live in a snowy environment. Well, these movies, these Jurassic movies have always been predicated on the idea that birds are descendants of dinosaurs and birds are warm-blooded. So it's safe to say that dinosaurs would have been warm-blooded if you're going by this theory. And there are a lot of there's a lot of speculation out there on the fact that dinosaurs maybe were warm-blooded. There's a lot of new evidence pointing to that. So if dinosaurs were warm-blooded, they would have been able to survive in a cold, snowy climate. I'm no scientist, but that's just kind of the basic, uh, you know, that's that's basic science right there. That's why we can survive in, in cold climates, because we we're warm-blooded. So it, it really bothers me when people nitpick the science of this and the accuracy of the science of a movie like this when this is science fiction. Newsflash, dinosaurs don't actually roam the earth right now. I'm not going to walk outside and be chased by a T-Rex, nor am I going to be able to ride a Triceratops to work this week. That sucks. It really sucks. I would love to be able to ride a Triceratops to work. Might be slow going, but I'd get there eventually, and that'd be pretty badass. But it's not going to happen because dinosaurs don't exist right now. Uh, I know they're probably trying to clone them as we speak, but as of right now. Uh, so this is all science fiction. So you know what? You kind of got to get off their nuts about things being accurate. Because one, what we know about dinosaurs is all, well, not all. But it's a lot of speculation. I mean, what we know about the dinosaurs is probably a fraction of, of what we could know had we lived back then. So if the science of Jurassic World Dominion doesn't match up exactly with what you looked up on Wikipedia as to be the, the, true, the one and true uh, science, hallowed be thy name, then you know what? Don't watch the movie. If you're going to be such a stickler for theoretical things, uh, you're not going to enjoy any science fiction movie. And any science fiction you do like that is spot on with uh, science, it's probably going to be boring. Because that's what makes science fiction fun, is the fiction aspect of it. If I want to watch science accurate movies, I'll go watch a Discovery documentary on black holes or some something like that. But that being said, you know, like I said, they, they really predicate dinosaurs in this Jurassic Park, Jurassic World 
franchise on being the descendants of today's modern day birds and we started to see some of the dinosaurs with feathers on them which is something i don't know as if we've seen a whole lot of those dinosaurs in the previous i know i'm pretty sure we didn't see any in the jurassic park trilogy maybe in the first two jurassic world movies maybe we saw one or so but i, I don't remember it's been a while since i've watched either one of those two movies but uh, but in this one we really got to see uh, a lot of dinosaurs with feathers starting to get feathers on them and and becoming the bird that we see in modern day uh, we got to see some old friends the dinosaur that had the kind of shaky hood that came out the one that shot the uh, goop on nedry's face they made a reappearance and did in the dodgson uh character which you know kind of kind of ironic and kind of poetic that nedry who was getting those embryos for dodgson died in that horrific manner only only right that dodgson should meet his end the same way nedry did you kind of got to see some different dinosaurs they had kind of a dinosaur pit fighting area that we got to see in some of the stuff with owen and claire uh, you get to see some different dinosaurs there they had a an interesting idea you know they kind of took what owen was doing training velociraptors in the first jurassic world movie and kind of doubled down on this some of the bad guys had these velociraptors that if they marked you with a laser uh the velociraptor locked on your your scent and would chase you down until it killed you it was kind of a a a neat aspect of the movie It, it seemed to go on a little bit long but it was it was kind of a cool concept uh, that you know dinosaurs being weaponized in this manner uh, there was also some cool scenes on the island with with various dinosaurs that we uh, some we've seen before in these movies others we haven't seen uh, they did a lot with this movie in the writing it seems like that's the thing you do when you're doing a sequel to a a big franchise you got to go back and redo everything they did that with star wars force awakens it really kind of echoed a lot of things that happened in A New Hope. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife really echoed a lot of things that happened in Ghostbusters. Uh, this movie, Jurassic World Dominion, echoed a lot of the things that happened in the original Jurassic Park. You had Dodgson with the barbersaw can and the the dinosaurs with the, the hoods that spit the stuff. Uh, they they did that again. They did the thing where they have to shut down the power to the facility and restart it so that they can get this uh, defense system up so the pterosaurs can't fly above a certain height so they can escape. All we needed was Samuel L. Jackson saying, hold on to your butts. So there were certain aspects of the movie that really kind of echoed or mirrored some of the things that went on in the first Jurassic Park. They also kind of did some winks to the camera that I thought were were quite fun. Uh, There was a scene where the two groups, Owen, Claire, and Maisie, meet up with Dr. Grant, Dr. Sattler, and Dr. Malcolm. And the, the Kayla character is there as well. And they're all kind of talking about how they know each other. And Dr. Grant is talking to Owen about how, oh, he was uh, a big fan of his. And he heard about the work he was doing with Velociraptors. And you were a part of uh, Jurassic World. Uh, Talking about the park from the Jurassic World movie. (laughs) And Jeff Goldblum uh, does this very meta line where he says, oh, Jurassic World, not a fan. (laughs) 
It, it just it, it kind of made me laugh. I was the only one in the movie theater laughing about this, but it kind of spoke to so many critics and so many fans of the original don't like the Jurassic World movies or trilogy because one, they are more action oriented and less uh, on the horror of the dinosaurs and the suspense of being stalked by a dinosaur, that sort of thing. But I found it quite funny. And there was also another scene where Jeff Goldblum, you know, in his Jurassic Park and the the second Jurassic Park that he did, uh, you know, he's just always got his shirt unbuttoned ridiculously low. And there's a scene where his shirt is unbuttoned and DeWanda Wise uh, the Kayla character kind of looks over at his unbuttoned shirt and he's like, oh, sorry. And he, he buttons it up. And it was just kind of a, a fun little nod to the, maybe not a wink to the camera or a nod to the camera, but uh, recognizing a little, another little bit of a meta uh, feel moment where, you know, he, he understands that his shirt is uh, unbuttoned far too low, especially for a man pushing 70. And really this movie had a great look like i said the dinosaurs and all the cg work that they did was spectacular and and jurassic park really was one of the first movies to be so cg heavy with all the cg dinosaurs and i remember at the time just being awestruck you know that first scene when you see the big i can't remember what kind of dinosaur it was but the ones that look like the brontosaurus kind of stand up and get leaves at the top of the tree when they're driving by and it's just you know it was awe-inspiring and even at that time in 1993 those sort of special effects those cg effects were just groundbreaking and bigger than anything we'd ever seen on the screen and they've they've really kept that up that level of wonder and spectacle in these dinosaurs with the CG work. And another thing I really liked that they did with this, that they really were heavy with uh, practical effects and practical dinosaurs, puppets and, and animatronic dinosaurs in those those original Jurassic Park movies. And in this one, they did use a lot. I mean, they used a lot of CG dinosaurs, but they also used a lot of practical, a lot of animatronic and, and puppet uh, dinosaurs so there was a lot of that as well which just kind of uh, lends some weight and some textural feel to the world that we're kind of witnessing and experiencing and the acting of course is really good it was so great to see uh, Jeff Goldblum, Laura Dern and Sam Neill back on the screen together uh, for the first time since uh, the first Jurassic Park. I don't think that they made an appearance together. It was pretty much just Jeff Goldblum in the Lost World Jurassic Park movie. And then it was essentially Sam Neill. I know Laura Dern had a little bit part in the Jurassic Park 3 film, but that was that was essentially a Sam Neill movie. So to have all three of these actors on the screen together for the first time since Jurassic Park was just a magical thing. And, and if you watch any interviews with these three actors, uh, they just, they really, it looks like they had a fun time. It looks like they really love each other. And it's so wonderful to see them uh, on the screen again because you really get that, that great chemistry between these three actors. So as far as the movie in total goes, I, I really loved it. Uh, I loved 
the the look i loved the the actors the action was fun uh the dinosaurs and the the cg work the special effects and and that sort of thing was over the top was the plot and the writing rock solid no there were there were a few plot holes here and there but nothing that really takes you out of the movie uh were there some plot stretches trying to make some connective tissue between the first movie and this this last movie in this trilogy uh, you know, connective tissue between Jurassic Park and Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, there were some stretches, but again, not enough to really take you out of the movie. Is the science a little thin on whether dinosaurs would do this or that or the other thing? Maybe, but none of us have ever seen dinosaurs other than some CG dinosaurs on some nature program or National Geographic program or the Science Channel. Is that even a thing? Is there a Science Channel? Maybe. We don't know. We don't know what dinosaurs would have done because we weren't there. Uh, all we can do is speculate. So, yeah, maybe the science, the quote-unquote science, is a little thin on those, but the science, the quote-unquote science, doesn't really know either because we don't know. So, it's nothing you can't get over. But all in all, these are fun. These Jurassic World movies are fun action films. Is it Jurassic Park? Is it the suspense, the the terror, the horror of it? No, it's not. It's not meant to be. And if you go into the movie expecting an action movie, expecting some fun chase scenes, expecting being chased by dinosaurs, expecting, you know, uh, an action movie, then you're not going to be disappointed. If you don't want to watch an action movie, don't watch these movies. Uh, you're not going to be heartbroken if you go into this with the right mindset. And I understand that. And that's why I didn't mind it. That's why I enjoyed it. Was it a, the greatest movie ever? No. No, not by any stretch. Was it a fun movie that I could enjoy on a Saturday afternoon? You bet your ass it was. And they're not lining anything up right now. Uh, this is the final movie of this Jurassic World trilogy. Uh, they've said that they're going to sit down and they're going to see what's what holds in the future? Uh, maybe we'll get another trilogy out of this at some point. I, I would like that. Uh, I would like to see a movie that's centered around Chris Pratt and DeWanda Wise. I really liked their two characters together. I'd like to see an action adventure set with dinosaurs with those two as the leads. Nothing against Bryce Dallas Howard. But I really liked what those two characters brought to the table as far as action goes. And chemistry and... And types of characters that I want to see in, in action movies. Or they may do like they did with Jurassic World and just go with a whole new set of characters. Uh, I'd be fine with that. I'm interested to see. And you know, there's, when you've got dinosaurs let loose on the world again, the world is your oyster for science fiction and horror and action and really good fun movies. So I'm excited to see what they do in the future. And hopefully we'll find out... Uh, sometime not too distant future uh when we're going to find our next jurassic installment so i want to thank everyone for tuning in to my thoughts on jurassic world dominion uh, i liked it uh, for what it was an action movie with dinosaurs and fun actors you know what i i was not disappointed and if you go on with that mindset 
I don't think you'll be disappointed either. So thanks for listening to my thoughts on Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, check out our Facebook page, Odds Bodkins Curiosity Shop, for everything that's going on in the world of horror, fantasy, and science fiction. Coming up on Thursday's episode, we're going to talk about the limited series on HBO Max, The Baby, a horror comedy that uh, was it was it horror? Was it comedy? Was it neither? We'll talk about that coming up on Thursday's episode. And, of course, we've got Kenobi wrapping up this week. And we'll be talking about that at some point in the future. Uh, some other things going on. At, uh, really excited uh, to talk about a lot of different things that are going to be wrapping up in the not-too-distant future. And you can find that all out. And we're always uh, sharing trailers to series and movies. We're always sharing articles that we find all over the Internet from various sources to keep you up to date on what's going on with horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. And no matter where you listen to this podcast, whatever platform, please like it, subscribe to it, download it, follow it. Please leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. And until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha.